Well, hey, Christ community, how we're doing today? It's so good to be here with you guys. I hope um, for those of you who are here and those who are watching online, our tradition service in LaSalle, I hope you guys had a good Thanksgiving break. As you can see by all the decorations around the church and up on stage, we're kind of entering into this new season. And um, I'm really excited about this new series uh, that we're going to be starting this weekend. And we're really going to be diving into the story of the Magi and the pursuit of this newborn king in Jesus. And uh, I I know for me, um, just in preparation in the past few weeks, the Lord has just been stirring up all kinds of stuff in my heart, um, just in, in the core of who I am, uh, the type of church that I want to be a part of, the type of church that we are. There's just so much depth um, in this passage and in the story, and so I'm really excited about us uh, engaging with it. Uh, before we get started, um, if, in case you don't know, my name's Rocky Martinez, and I'm the worship director Pastor, I don't fully know my official title, <laughs> so that's on me. Um, but I've been here for almost a year now. Um, it's been crazy how time flies. But as your worship leader, one of the things that I love the most is getting lost in worship in the presence of God together. When we gather together, there's something special that happens. And I love, I love seeing uh, our church pursue the Lord in that way. Um, I love the freedom in worship that we have, that we're experiencing here together. And I know that freedom, we say this all the time, freedom looks differently to many of us. I know there's times where I show up to a worship gathering and I just want to chill. I just want my hands to be in my pocket and I just want to hear the church sing to the Lord and I want to rest in it. And there's other times where I'm going crazy and I'm yelling. Um, and all that is great. I love seeing us lift our hands to, to, uh, to the Lord. And specifically, uh, there's some moments that I see some of us go to other people and just pray over them in the middle of the worship gathering. It just stirs my heart and encourages me like crazy. So with that said, I, I just want you to know, I know we have tons of different speakers at our church, and I love them, incredible godly men and women. Uh, but for me, I don't know if it's a Southern thing or not, but I want you to have freedom in the message. So if you feel this hallelujah coming on, and you want to say hallelujah, I welcome that. I'm serious. If you want to give me some amen or mm, that was real good, I would love that. And it would encourage me um, and kind of calm my nerves. So you guys with me? Cool. Thank you. Um, so I was born in Texas. More specifically, I was born in Brenham, Texas, home of the greatest ice cream on earth, Bluebell ice cream. Can I get my first amen on that? It's, uh, I don't know why, almost every time I talk in front of a church, it's like the Spirit leads me to talk about Bluebell. Um, but my mom um, is from Honduras. She's from Central America, and she came over to the United States probably like 37 years ago or so. Uh, she married my dad, who's a Texan. Um, I call him a Texan. He doesn't like to be called a Mexican or not. It's Texan. He was born in Amarillo, Texas, so he's a proud Texan. Um, but I am the middle child of three boys that my mom had. She wanted girls, but she got three boys. And uh, my older brother is a former Marine and my personal hero. I mean that with all my heart. My younger brother, man, I'm getting emotional. Um, my younger brother is an aspiring rap artist who I love and care for deeply. 
Um, but going back to my mom, my mom has always been a spirit-filled woman. Like, I just remember growing up and hearing stories that my mom would talk about of God giving her these dreams. Um, and she would have these interpretations, or sometimes other people would interpret these dreams. And uh, I just remember being kind of, I didn't know how to make sense of a world that God could speak to my mother in these powerful ways. Like, I, I just remember all these memories have been coming up of conversations that my mom would have with uh, church people that would come over to our house or family members that would come over or strangers that would come over. And it always seemed that the conversation began to shift at some point in the conversation about the spirit of God and how powerful the Holy Spirit is and how there is a real supernatural kingdom that God influences us in our day-to-day living. Um, and I just remember my world and my, my framework of life was shaped by this thought that there was a God that could somehow speak to my mom through prophetic dreams or words, visions. Um, and I couldn't make sense of it because in my life, in my world, I was just growing up as a little kid in a broken family. Um, my broken home that we lived in was filled with domestic abuse. It was filled with um, drug use and alcoholism. And so I didn't really understand this world of, that my mom seemed to be tapped into. And what I love is that, I didn't know this at the time, but these are all just gifts of the spirit, right? And so for me, I just, I was following the legacy of my father's side of the family of gangs and violence in prison. Like that was the trajectory of my life. I didn't know that you could aspire to be anything other than that. And I wish I was kidding, but I wasn't. Like I remember being, like if I was 13 years old, if my 13 year old self, if little Rocky would find out that one day grown up Rocky would grow up to love fashion, to love songwriting, and that his favorite drink would be pomegranate sparkling water, I would probably beat myself up. Like, it, it was just, it wasn't in my world. I wasn't thinking about that stuff. Not that any of that stuff is wrong. I love that stuff. Um, but it was just this reality and this tension that I lived in of how can a God be speaking to my mother in this incredible way? And yet my life was filled with tension and struggle. And... I'm going to be honest, it wasn't until this week, it wasn't until this week that I realized the beauty of the woman that I knew who, regardless of her struggle and her reality of raising three boys, she continually pursued after God no matter what. And every conversation she had with people and the jobs that she had in scripture, in prayer, and her conversations with her kids, she would be constantly pursuing the Lord. And it's taken me, I'm so sorry, I'm getting so emotional. It's taken me 33 years to realize my mom set the atmosphere and the tone of my heart 
She set the tone in my heart, my soul, in my mind that even though I wasn't pursuing the Lord, I had this framework of there's got to be more to life than just what I'm seeing. There's something deeper in a calling. And it's in this heart, it's in this heart that I've learned that my mom continued to seek and still seeks after the Lord with all of her heart. And this is what I see at the core of the story of the Magi. They were consistently pursuing after God. So I want to turn, if you have your Bibles or your iPhones or whatever it is that you use, uh, if you turn to Matthew chapter 2, verse 1 and 2, if not, it's going to be on the screen. Will you read this with me? It says, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of King Herod, wise men from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star at its rising and have come to worship him. Now, these wise men, let me collect myself, these wise men were also called magi. And uh, the word magi comes from the Greek word magos, where is where we get our word magic from. Now, these magicians, these wise men were known as men who would cast curses and blessings on people. They would interpret dreams. Um, they would see visions. They studied astrology. Some of them were highly uh, respected. A lot of them were called um, by kings and rulers uh, and, get, and sought their advice so that they could make decisions on things to come. Um, most of these magis, most of these wise men believed that there was one God and only he was to be worshipped. Um, but what I love about the magi here in Matthew 2, they were pursuing after God. They had this natural bent to look at the spiritual realm and see how it manifested and then kind of told and foretold how to live each and every single day. And I truly do believe that it's at this core of the heart of people who seek after God that we should pursue this constant hunger for the pursuit of God. I'm convinced, like I truly am convinced that seeking after God isn't just a part of our salvation story. It doesn't just stop there. That is at the very core of a worshiper's heart to continually seek after the Lord. And I see this in the heart of the Magi, this habit of looking for him in all that they did, the habit that we should have of looking for the Lord in all that we do, not just one-time thing. And I want us to engage together with these scriptural passages. Um, so please join me in reading these. And Proverbs 8, 17 says, I love those who love me. Then those who diligently seek me will find me. Jeremiah 29 says, you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. Proverbs 3 says, seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. First Chronicles 16 says, seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face continually. And Psalm 105 says, glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Look to the Lord in his strength. Seek his face always. It's this beautiful picture of continuing to seek after God in all that we do that I believe is absolutely essential in the way that these magi, these wise men were wired, the way that they pursued the Lord. Um, 
if we back up a little bit, I, I want us to kind of get into these stories. Um, as I was in this, I was really thinking about the framework and the mindset of these wise men, the things that they were super familiar with. And I wanted us to just kind of dive into this. Um, so we're going to be in Scripture a lot today. I hope that's all right. Um, so we find throughout the passages in Scripture just a little closer look of these wise men. In Numbers 24, we read about this magi that was called uh, by a king named Malik. Uh, he called this wise man Balaam. He was, uh, king Malik was afraid of the Israelites when they showed up kind of near his town. And so he heard about this magi named Balaam. And his reputation was, whoever he blesses, become blessed, and whoever he curses, become cursed. And so he tried to hire this guy to come over and begin to curse the Israelites. Now, after you read in the story, after a few times, the Lord finally released Balaam to actually go. Um, but every single time that Balaam went to curse um, the Israelites, the Lord put a word of blessing in his mouth, and he began to bless God's people. And so we see this in Numbers 24, in verse 1. I'll read this. When Balaam saw that it pleased the Lord to bless Israel, he did not go as other times to look for omens, but set his face toward the wilderness. And Balaam lifted up his eyes and saw Israel camping tribe by tribe. And the Spirit of God came upon him. And he took up his discourse and said, the oracle of Balaam, the son of Beor, the oracle of a man whose eye is open, the oracle of him who hears the words of God, who sees the vision of the Almighty, falling down with his eyes uncovered. And then Balaam begins to prophesy. In the book of Daniel, we read another account of magis being summoned by a king. In Daniel chapter 2, verse 1 through 3, it says this. In the second year of the reign Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar had dreams. His spirit was troubled, and his sleep left him. Then the king commanded that the magicians, the enchanters, the sorcerers, the Chaldeans be summoned to tell the king his dreams. So they came in and stood before the king. And the king said to them, I had a dream, and my spirit's troubled to know the dream. What winds up happening is this. It's a super long story. If you're familiar with it, it's, it's an incredible testimony. So King Nebuchadnezzar calls all these wise men, and he tells them, Here's the deal. I'm paraphrasing, obviously. <laughs> he said, um, I want you to tell me the dream that I had and then interpret it for me. And these wise men begin to plead with the king, hey, what you're asking for, no other king has ever asked. There is no man on the face of the earth that's going to be able to tell you your dream and then interpret it on top of that. Um, and so the king doesn't budge. King Nebuchadnezzar doesn't budge on, on his ruling on his standard. So what he does is in his anger, he calls for all the wise men of Babylon to be executed. Now, part of the wise men uh, that were captured before in Babylon were the Israelites, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. So as the king, as the king decrees goes out and the wise men are beginning to be captured, Daniel has a word with one of the king's guards and he asks to meet the king. Daniel goes back to his companions, to so some of the Israelites, and he begins to tell them, hey, let's plead to our God for mercy, that he would reveal to us the dream of the king. And so as they seek the Lord, as they pray, 
Daniel receives the dream and the interpretation for the dream. And so the guard brings Daniel before the king, and then this is where we pick up the story. The king asked Daniel, are you able to make known to me the dream that I've seen and its interpretation? And Daniel answered, no wise man, enchanters, magicians, or astrologers can show the king the mystery that the king has asked. But there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries, and he has made known to the king Nebuchadnezzar that will, what will be in the later days. When I take a step back and I look at the lives and the world of these magi, of these wise men, I see it being filled with this incredible prophetic bent, this uh, visions and filled with dreams and interpretations of it. And I love, I love this, that Daniel, wise men like Daniel, who sought after the Lord, understood that it's not what they possessed that was worthy of telling, but it was in their seeking of the Lord that the Lord then revealed himself to them. I truly do believe, I truly do believe that God is still speaking and revealing himself to us in these ways today. It's this incredible thing that the Lord does. When we seek after him, we find him, and he begins to reveal himself in these amazing and powerful ways. When we, when we look at the prophecy of Joel chapter 2, some of us might be familiar with this. We see Joel prophesy this. And afterward, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. And in Acts chapter 2, on the day of Pentecost, as the church is gathering together to seek after the Lord and wait on the promise of the Holy Spirit, we see this prophetic word being fulfilled inside of the church. And God is still pouring himself out to those who seek after him. It's still doing it. It's this incredible thing that the Lord does. I just, I just want to say this. I don't want in any way, shape, or form to boast about our church because I'm sensitive when you kind of show up sometimes to some gatherings and you feel like maybe there's um, more boasting about the church than about Jesus and what he's doing in, in our midst. But I just, I have to say this, like God is doing something incredible in our church. There's something incredible that is happening in our gatherings. We're feeling and seeing the spirit begin to move in incredible ways. I'm seeing the staff begin to gather around and pursue the Lord for wisdom and clarity on the future of our church and what the Lord wants us to do. And we're seeing God continue to pour himself out through visions, through prophetic words, through dreams. It's, it's been this incredible roller coaster of a ride of just pursuing the Lord and then seeing him move in this way. And all that it is, is this beautiful thing of when the heart of a worshiper begins to seek after God, God's promise comes into effect, which is just, if you seek me, you will find me. And the way that he shows up is however he chooses. And it's these incredible things that we've been witnessing together. And I wish, I wish we had enough time um, that I could just share with you some personal, like, there's been incredible dreams and prophetic words that the Lord's been sharing um, in the life of our church, but then also in my own personal life that are beginning to change everything in my life. Um, but one of those dreams that I just... I am truly just thankful for um, 
was given to my older brother when he was uh, a lot younger. Um, my older brother had this dream when he was a young kid of Jesus coming down on the cloud and Jesus reaching out uh, and extending his hand to my older brother and him getting on the cloud with Jesus. But then my older brother looks down and he sees that I'm on the ground, I'm not on the cloud with him in Christ. And he asks Jesus, Jesus, can my brother Rocky come with me? And Jesus says, Rocky doesn't know me yet. Once Rocky knows me, he can, he can join us. Now, here's the thing. I'm telling you this now that I'm saved and I've been following after the Lord for quite some time now. I didn't know this story until after I came to know the Lord. And I realized the beauty of the hope and God revealing himself to my mom and my brother to not give up, to not give up on me. And the wild thing to me is the two people that I probably had the most fights with <laughs> were my older brother and my mom. And it's because they would constantly be pulling me towards and pointing me towards who Jesus was, even though I wasn't walking with them. And I'm just so grateful that the Lord still speaks to us in radical ways that we don't lose hope. We don't lose hope and we hear his voice in incredible ways. Um, I just find that the point of all of this, like truly the point of all of this, the reason why God reveals himself to us is because he wants us to know him for who he truly is, the king of kings, the savior of the world, that is Jesus. It's always been him. It will always be him. It's Jesus, the one that we're searching for. When I look at the Magi, I absolutely am convinced that they knew who Jesus was when they saw that star rise up. If we go back, these Persian magi probably grew up hearing the stories of the Babylonian wise men. So they were very familiar with who Daniel the prophet was. Still to this day in Iran, which is formerly Persia, still to this day, Daniel is revered and considered to be a prophet of God. So these guys must have known about these stories of Daniel, that Daniel was the only one that could tell the king and meet his high demands that the Lord of Daniel revealed to him, the God of Israel revealed to his son, who, uh, what the dream was when he interpreted it. And then we see this. We see King Nebuchadnezzar fell. King Nebuchadnezzar fell. This is after Daniel revealed to him the dream and the interpretation. He, he fell to his face and paid homage to Daniel and commanded that an offering and incense be offered to him. The king answered and said to Daniel, truly, your God is God of gods and Lord of kings and a revealer of mysteries. Later on, that very same king, King Nebuchadnezzar, appointed Daniel to be chief prefect over all the wise men in Babylon. Like this is the stories that these uh, magi probably were absolutely very familiar with as they studied all the prophecies long ago. They even heard about Daniel prophesying that in 483 years, the Messiah would be born after the decree of the rebuilding of the temple. And it was around that time, it was around that time that the prophecy that Balaam gave in chapter 24 of Numbers came to pass when it says... The Lord through Balaam said this, I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near. A star shall come out of Jacob, and a scepter shall rise out of Israel. And when the Magi saw this phenomenon of a supernatural star rising, they were convinced that this prophecy came to pass. 
that they were witnessing the fact that it's the king of the Israelites that has come, and he's going to be born in Israel. So they traveled a thousand miles, and they showed up to Jerusalem, and they were declaring and asking, where is he who has been born king of Jews? For we saw his star at its rising. Where is he? They had a heart to continually seek after God. And when we seek after him, God reveals himself. And then we know who we're seeking after, which is King Jesus. And I really just want to kind of close this with, with this. I mean, the call to seek after the Lord, the call to find him. Uh, in everything that we do. I, I just, I, I want to be vulnerable with you and just let you know, like, I'm not at all an expert at this. I really feel like when it comes to pursuing the Lord and his, his spirit and his presence and his will, I feel like I'm, I'm, a, I'm a brand new baby when it comes to it. I've been a believer for um, 15 plus years or so, but I really feel like I have just come to know the living God maybe in the past year and a half. Um, I know that many of us have our own story about seeking after the Lord and our relationship with him. Uh, A lot of it is filled with pain probably for some of us. For others of us, it might be filled with faithfulness and just seeing God come through time and time again. I love that and I celebrate that. But it's just my story. I, um, I went through probably the hardest time of my life a little over a year and a half ago. And, um, I just kind of questioned everything again. I knew there was a God. I knew that he was Jesus. But I just felt like something was off and something was missing in my life. And I couldn't understand why. And um, I began to hold, I began to hold everything that I learned inside the church, everything that I was taught, um, all the theological classes and all this different stuff. I began to hold it with just kind of a, a loose grip. And I just sought after the Lord and I said, Dad, I want to know who you truly are. More than anything else, I really want the fullness and the rawness that you have to offer. That's all I want. And I began to pursue the Lord. And in the season of just allowing the Lord to wreck me if he wanted to wreck me in my theology or in my beliefs, I, uh, I came across a message um, by a pastor named Pastor Robert Morris uh, who's the pastor of Gateway Church in Dallas, uh, Dallas, Texas. And um, he was teaching on the Holy Spirit. And as I'm listening to this message, I get to this place of realizing that for me, the thing that was preventing me from fully seeking after the Lord was I was afraid. I was truly fearful. Not fearful like fear of the fear of God, right, that leads to all wisdom, but like a genuine fear of the Holy Spirit. I was afraid of who the Holy Spirit was. And it was mainly because of stories that I've heard. I'm sure some of you have heard some of similar stories like that. But I was afraid of just giving my life over to him. And in that moment, I realized I needed to repent before the Lord. And so I did. I asked the Spirit to forgive me for being afraid of him. And I just kind of declared who he is. He's God and he's good. All of his gifts are good. And so I began, I began to pursue the Lord with this reckless love of like, I'm just going to go after him with all of my heart. I'm going to believe everything that I read in his scripture. I'm going to pursue 
all the gifts that he clearly lays out for us. I just began to seek after the Lord, and I started to see my life radically change. Radically change in the fact that instead of just spending time in prayer, like, I'm not joking, I used to just, I heard it all the time, prayer is this conversation. But all I was doing was talking. And I wasn't allowing the Lord to say anything or speak anything back to me. And when I started to hear God's whisper, when I paused and began to hear him begin to speak to me, my entire life began to change. That there's a God that is still speaking to his children day after day when we seek him. That his promises are true. That if we seek him with all of our heart, we will find him. Jesus' words of my sheep recognize my voice, this all started to come about, and I started to see the fruits of the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit just begin to rise in my every single day life. And I'm telling you, instead of giving you a formula of this is how to seek the Lord, I would rather just tell you that God is real and he's good and he's alive and he wants to speak. He wants to speak to you. And if you search for him, you will find him. And he will change your life forever. I don't ever want to go back. I don't ever want to go back to what I felt like was just this dry religion. Because I didn't see the truth of God still pouring out his spirit. And God still looking for people that seek after him above everything. And fulfilling his promise that we will find him. I just want to end with this scripture in Jeremiah 29. You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. Let's pray, church. Father, I thank you that you are revealing yourself still to us. Father, I just thank you that you are real and you're alive, that you move, that you speak. You don't hide yourself from us, God. I thank you, Father for the promise that if we seek you, we will find you, God. And so, Lord, you in your supernatural way, you know exactly where all of us are right now in this moment with you and our pursuit of you, God. So, Father, I do pray. I do pray for your power to manifest in our lives, God to simply draw us to yourself. Father, shift, shift the trajectory of some of our lives, God, to be found in the legacy of you, our King Jesus. Lead us, God, stir in us a fire to seek after you. And Father, I do pray for the blessing of getting to know you deeper and in a real way. In Jesus' name.
Amen. Church, I just kind of want to close us with this. Uh, you can stand up if you want to, if you want to stand and respond in worship uh, as we sing, as we're about to sing some songs of praise and worship to the Lord. But there's something incredible, and I don't want us to miss this, although I love the heartbeat of seeking after God, that again, the Magi were convinced now more than ever who they were seeking after. They knew that it was the king. It was the king. And they knew what to do when they found him. They knew what they were going to do as soon as they laid eyes on the king. They were going to worship. They were going to worship the king because he's worthy of it. And so I just, I want to invite us into a time of seeking the Lord and of worshiping him. I will read this again. They said, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star at its rising and have come to worship him. Let's worship our king.